Good morning, everybody. How are you doing today? Everybody feeling good? All right. It's awesome to be with you. I heard some kids. Love having the kids here today, my own kids. We're very blessed to be together. So happy Easter on this Resurrection Sunday. I think Easter has to be the greatest of all Sundays. It's like the Super Bowl Sunday for us because Jesus is alive. He is risen. He's conquered the grave. And he's coming back again. So we are just pumped to celebrate Easter with you and with all of these families. So thank you for being here. Uh, you might be here today saying Jesus is alive. That's nice. But, you know, that's a good story. I I'm not sure I believe that because, well, dead people don't really come back to life. And I want to talk to you about that a little bit this morning. Uh, our family has a Google Home. Does anybody have a Google Home? Okay, you're probably better off for not having one of those. I'm not sure why we put that in our house, but uh, it listens to our voice, and we can ask it fun questions. And me and my kids often ask fun questions of our Google. We'll say things like, hey, Google, what's the joke of the day? Anyone want to hear a joke today? All right. I. Uh, did you hear why the fish got bad grades? Because it was below sea level. That's a good one. That's a good one right there. Uh, we also asked Google other fun questions like, uh, hey, Google, what's the animal of the day? And Google always plays a little jingle. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Today's animal of the day is, and we heard this, the swan. And then Google continues and she says, I can't wait to tell you about the swan. Swans are known for their long necks. Um, swans can be white, black, or a mix of both colors. They live in the cold waters of Europe, North America, and Asia. When they find a partner, they're with them for life. Would you like to learn some other interesting facts about swans? And you can say yes. Generally, we say no, we're done. That's enough, thank you. But there's something interesting about, about swans. Did you guys know that um, for a long time in the West, people were absolutely convinced that all swans were white? And they had never seen a black swan before. All, all the swans they had ever seen were white swans. So if you said, like, Google, Google knows there are swans that are white, black, a mix of both colors. But it, for a long time, people didn't know that. They were, they were convinced all swans were white. And then in 1697, a, a Dutch group of Dutch explorers visited West Africa. And they saw something that just blew away all of their preconceived ideas about swan. For the very first time, they saw a single black swan. Everything changed. And now we have this, it gave rise to this term that we use called a black swan event. Something regarded as impossible could actually happen. You just need to see it to believe it. So I would say today, yes, you're right. Dead people do not come back to life again. But there is one who did, and his name is Jesus. It is the greatest black swan event in all of human history. It's what we celebrate today on Easter Sunday. Jesus is alive. He is risen from the dead. 
and nobody ever expected this to happen, but when it did, everything changed. People saw it, they believed it, and they literally said yes to Jesus as Savior and Lord, even laying down their lives, believing that Jesus had risen from the dead. This is what we celebrate today here on Easter Sunday. Now, it wouldn't be Easter Sunday if we didn't read the, the Easter story together. So I want to take you there to John chapter 20. We're going to read the Easter story, but, but please keep in mind, as we read this, we're going to be reading the accounts of the eyewitnesses themselves. And my prayer today is that you will begin to see it and you will believe it and your life will be forever changed. Jesus is alive. And because Jesus is alive, you can experience new life. And this is real and this is true. And we're about to read the stories of those who were there that very day. So let's get to it. Let's read the story. John chapter 20. I love that we sang a little bit about what, what has happened over the course of the past few days. Remember, Jesus died on a cross. There were those who were there that day that literally saw Jesus breathe his last breath. He was pierced with a spear in his side, blood and water poured out. And then they placed Jesus' lifeless body in a tomb. They sealed it with the stone. And what happened three days later? Let's read it together. John chapter 20, beginning in verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but didn't go in. Then Simon Peter, he's a little bit slower than the other disciple, he came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who'd reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still didn't understand from the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been. One at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she didn't realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I'll get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. 
she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, don't hold on to me for I've not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I've seen the Lord. And she told them that, she, that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The di disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. Whoops. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put them Put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you've seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and have yet believed. That's us. Verse 30, the purpose of John's gospel, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written. You may believe. Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That's the story of Easter. And I had to read the whole thing because these are the eyewitness accounts. And you hear it over and over again. Six times you hear the word see. Eight times you hear the word believe. And then you get the final encouragement at the end, which says... This was written so that you see and you believe and that by believing in Jesus, you may have life in his name. I see it, I believe it. This is the message of Easter. Let's take a moment, we'll pray, and I have three cool observations for you this Easter morning. God, thank you so much for the life we have in Jesus. Thank you for victory over sin and the grave. And we recognize today that there is life in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. And I ask God that you would open our eyes and open our hearts this, this morning to celebrate the wonder of the resurrection. Speak to us during this time in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Yes. I love it. All right. One, uh, three quick observations. First one. I noticed as I was reading this, did you guys notice Jesus didn't appear to people who already believed? Nobody believed that Easter morning. And we really see the genuineness of each person's response. Look at Mary, for example. It's Easter morning, it's dark, she comes to the tomb, and it's empty. She runs back to Peter and John, 
And what's her, what's her response, her first reaction? Not, he's alive, he's alive. Didn't say that. She said, he's gone, he's gone. Someone has taken the body and we don't know where they put him. She goes back, she's crying. Jesus shows up, starts to have a conversation with her. And isn't it interesting? She doesn't even recognize Jesus. I always find that kind of weird. But I think in her mind, she couldn't comprehend the fact that Jesus could be there again, speaking with her. How about Thomas? Right? Thomas is one of the 12. And he doesn't believe. We might have some Toms in the room today. But Thomas is there and he's saying, no way, no way is Jesus alive. I don't believe it. I have to, if he's alive, I got to see it for myself. I have to put my fingers in the nail prints. I want to see the scars because I can't believe Jesus could be alive again. None of the disciples that day showed up at the tomb believing Jesus was alive. And I just think if we were making this up, and we heard Jesus say, I'm going, I'm going away, but then you will see me again, which Jesus said that. I think all of us would have been at the tomb that morning expecting Jesus to come out of the tomb. We would have been standing there counting it down. Ten, nine, eight. Hey, somebody cue the sun so we can have some of those sunrise services someday. Three, two, one. Boom, Jesus! Like, that's what it had been like if we were expecting Jesus to come back to life. But nobody on that day showed up at the tomb expecting Jesus to be alive. Because dead people don't come back to life again. And that's why this story is real. And that's why this story is so genuine. And what's so amazing is that Jesus didn't appear to people who already believed. He appeared to the heartbroken. He appeared to the skeptical. And some of you may be here today and that's exactly where you're at. You are feeling discouraged by life, you're hurting because of a broken relationship, you fear things that are going on the financially or whatever it is. And Jesus, it is not too late for Jesus to appear in your story today. He can change your life. The story isn't over. Jesus didn't appear to already people who already believed but what happened? Point two, people saw and believed. Their eyes were opened. Their heart was transformed. And we see how each person in the story comes to Easter in a different way. You have Peter and the, quote, other disciple racing to the tomb. Now, we know the other disciple is John. John's the one writing this gospel account. And I like how John makes it abundantly clear in his account who got to the tomb first. 
You guys notice that? It's a little detail that absolutely is insignificant to the story. But John just wants to kind of put it in there. Did you catch that, verse 4? I just love this part. Both were running, but the other disciple, John, outran Peter and reached the tomb first. So in the middle of the narrative of the resurrection... John wants it to be recorded for all eternity that he's faster than Peter. That's John. Now, they knew that Jesus was going to rise from the dead. I'm pretty sure Peter would have tried to get a head start. But it wasn't until they reached the tomb and they saw the grave clothes. Scripture says, then they saw and they believed. What about Mary? Mary Magdalene. Jesus is talking to her. They're, they're having a conversation. She doesn't realize that it's actually him. She thinks it's this gardener. She can't fathom Jesus is alive. But only when Jesus says her name. Did you catch that? Mary. What a touching moment. He says her name. And then scripture says she sees and she believes. There's the other disciples where are the other disciples? They're hiding. They're locked in a room. They're, they're afraid that those who crucified Jesus would be coming after them. And suddenly, I don't know how Jesus did this. He just shows up. He's like, peace. Peace be with you. They're like, what? Jesus, you're alive. And then scripture says the disciples were overjoyed. When they saw the Lord. How about Thomas? Thomas says, until I put my fingers where the nails were, I can't believe. I think it said it was about a week later. Go back and look at that. But Jesus comes, he says, Thomas, take your finger, touch the scars, feel the nail prints. This is me. And Thomas touches the wounds and he sees and he believes. Each person in this story comes to Easter in a different way. And it's just like so many of us in this room today, we all have a unique story. And, and maybe for you, you know, it, it didn't take much for you to believe. Like you saw the grave clothes, that was it. You're like, he's alive. Some of you, maybe it took a little bit more convincing like Thomas or maybe you're like Mary. And you heard him call your name. These stories are written for every one of us today. Wherever you're at, whatever your journey, this is written for you. John 20, 31. John says, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. These are written for us because it's the eyewitness testimony of those who saw Jesus crucified on a cross. They saw him breathe his last. And then they saw him alive again on Easter Sunday. Eyewitness testimony in a court of law today is called direct evidence. And that's what we have here. We have the direct evidence of those who have seen 
and believe. They're written for us so that we might see and believe. How do we know, though, that somebody didn't just hundreds of years later kind of make this up? Couldn't somebody do that, just kind of make it up? Sure, I would say. But there's one embarrassing detail in this story. Did you catch who were the first to see Jesus and proclaim the good news that he's alive? It was the women, not the men. In that day, in that culture, women were not, and this is wrong, they were not considered a credible witness. Their testimony wasn't even allowed in a court of law. So if somebody was making this up and they wanted to be seen as credible, they wouldn't have made the women the very first witnesses. Come on, we saw John bragging that he beat Peter to the tomb and yet a woman beat both of them there. They're not making this up. Because it would have been written differently. This is apologetically an embarrassment. And yet, it's genuine. It's real. These are the events that took place on that very first Easter. We have the stories of real people just like you and me who saw, they believed, and this is the big one, their lives were transformed. They were never the same. These 12 will give their life to proclaiming Jesus alive from the dead. They will they will go to their grave, even dying the martyr's death because of their love and faith in Jesus. I love the transformation we see in John 20, 22. It says, with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And that might be a confusing statement. But uh, do you guys remember in Genesis, Genesis 2, 27, it states, then the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. So in Genesis, what brings man to life? It's the breath of God. And, and, and here Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is literally breathing new life into people. He's changing lives. And I would just encourage you, come back next week. We're kicking off a brand new series on the Holy Spirit. And we want to introduce you to the often forgotten about Holy Spirit. Um, so we can introduce you to the powerful role he plays in our lives. But uh, if you want to energize your faith and just, um, this series will be for you. But it, the cool thing about the resurrection is the resurrection not only proves that there is life after death, through faith in Jesus, but it demonstrates that there is new life in our life right now. People saw, they believed, their lives are transformed. And as we come to a close this morning, I want to encourage you that Jesus is alive. It's real, it's true, because he's alive, you can be alive. You can have new life in him. He can change your story the death and resurrection of Jesus is a life-changing event. He died on the cross for our sins. He rose from the dead to give us new life. And the resurrected Christ wants to breathe new life into your heart, new life into your story. And if you're here today and you're wondering how, 
How can I experience new life in Jesus? How can I have my sins forgiven? How can I experience a closer relationship with God? I want to share three quick, quick words. Number one, see it. Number two, believe it. And that third important word, receive it. Let me share with you a couple of scriptures. First one, John 20, 22, we read it. Jesus breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is inviting you to receive today new life in him. John 1, 12. Yet all who did receive him to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So the big idea this morning, Easter 2023, is that we can see, believe, and our life can be transformed. And maybe for the first time you're seeing it, you're believing it, but you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've never confessed your sins or invited Christ into your heart or into your life. This is your moment right now, today. Even kids, I was praying this morning, maybe this morning you're saying, I want my sins forgiven. I want a new relationship with God. This is the moment right now to invite Christ into your life. He is real. He's risen and exalted. And you can receive that new life in him. So if you're here right now and you're saying yes in your heart to a new relationship with God through Jesus Christ, if that's you, let's just take a moment Let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and will you join me in this prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you for this Easter Sunday. We thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And right now, confess my sins. I confess my need for new life in Jesus. And I pray that you would come into my life and into my heart right now. Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for giving your life for me. And today, I give my life to you. Please breathe into my heart and into my soul the breath of life and the power of the Holy Spirit. I will trust you and follow you all the days of my life. Amen. Amen. Jesus is calling your name this morning. He's inviting you. Come to Christ. Every one of us, he's alive. So today we celebrate lives changed by Jesus. I know it might feel a little bit weird, but can we put our hands together and just celebrate the resurrection of Christ this morning? He's worthy. He is risen. He is exalted. And he's changing lives. So we celebrate lives changed by Jesus Christ. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus, I tell you, heaven is applauding and the angels are celebrating. But welcome home. Welcome to the beginning of a new life in Jesus Christ. So here's my challenge as we close. Church, let's not leave here and live like Jesus is still in the grave. But let's leave here today and live like he is alive. We, too, will live forever with him. Will you stand? So we pray. Jesus, thank you 
for changing our lives. Thank you that you are alive and we get to come and praise your name, not just today, but forever and ever. We love you, God. pray that you would fill our hearts this morning with the power of the Holy Spirit so we can take this good news and share it with the world. We love you. In Jesus' name.